One could argue that nothing comes close to the quality of grandma's home cooking. So when you go out to eat, you might miss that authenticity. But a restaurant on Staten Island says you shouldn't have to. Hi, I'm George Boldarki, and this is Cityscape. This week, we're heading to Enoteca Maria, where the chefs are a rotating cast of Nonas. That's right, grandmothers. The eatery is the brainchild of Jody Scaravella. In the kitchen today is Nona Maral from Azerbaijan. I love cooking. This is like, this is what I, I, I think I need in my life. It's like hobby. It's like what I grow up, what I miss, what like we always cook. I open my eyes and always cook. We'll let Nona Maral get back to her cooking and talk with Jody first. Hi, my name is Jody Scaravella and I'm the owner of Enoteca Maria. So how long have you owned this restaurant now, Jody? Uh, March 1st was our, was our 12-year anniversary. Yeah. Congratulations, 12 years. Yeah. Uh, restaurants are measured in dog years also, so 12 years is quite a run. What inspired you to open a restaurant on Staten Island? I, uh, the inspiration, it was uh, very serendipitous. I had no plans. I had no plans of moving to Staten Island. I had no plans of opening a restaurant. Never had a restaurant before. I have no idea what I'm doing. It was all uh, just in that moment, you know, uh, what do you think about this? And just, and just moving forward with it. But I just, you know, I had this idea, and I just, you know, I, uh, the location is great. It's next to the theater. It's up the block from the ferry. So I just said, this is, you know, this is a good spot. I think this is a good idea, and I'm going to go for it. Let's talk about the idea, because the idea is very unique, I think, in the restaurant industry. Well, again, not coming from a restaurant background, uh, my idea was just to create a place uh, uh, where you could have your grandmother in the kitchen uh, cooking the food that she cooks for her family. You know, the food that her mother made for her when she was a little girl. You know, the simple basic things, nothing fancy. Uh, And in the beginning, it was all about me. Uh, it was about I'm Italian, I have an Italian heritage. Um, I lost all those matriarchal figures in my life. Uh, although my grandmother lived to be 100, she died about 23 years ago now. And, and then I lost my mom and then finally my sister. So at that point, it would be comforting for me. And, uh, and I felt it was, it was really it was something from the heart. And it was something that had the potential to be really good because these ladies have all the, you know, they have all those, uh, all that culture just bubbling up inside them that they want to let out. And I was convinced it was going to be good. I didn't know, you know, that I'd be sitting here being interviewed about it, but I knew, I knew people were going to like it. When you opened 12 years ago, you first just had Italian nonas, Italian grandmothers in the kitchen, right? Yes, when we first opened up uh, 12 years ago, we had uh, Italian grandmothers uh, from different regions of Italy. So I put a, uh, an ad in the Italian newspaper, the American OG, and it said, Cercasi, uh, Casalinga, per cucinare, regional tipicale, which basically means we're looking for housewives to cook uh, the regional cuisine, you know, and um, we, uh, a big response came from that ad. And uh, it's been, you know, it's been controlled chaos ever since. When then did you decide to bring in Nona's from around the world, not just Italy? We decided um, pretty early on, about three years into the project, we created a virtual book. It's attached to our website, and it, uh, it's called Nona's of the World. 
and basically it invites you to uh, from anywhere in the world it's kind of like uh, my idea is to have a living book that would constantly be changing and I really wanted to, to get that going it's uh, apparently it takes a lot of money to make that happen but the book that we uh, put on our site uh, has gotten a lot of response and a lot of people have you know put their grandmothers in in memorial and a you know a quirky story about her and a recipe and some photos but I was working another job I was working for the city I put 25 years in with the MTA so um, I was doing both jobs and I wasn't really able to actualize the concept but about five years ago I retired so at that point, about a month before I retired, we invited our first international Nona in, and she was from Pakistan. And it just started right there. You know, I, was, I had enough time to actually do it. So how does the kitchen work? How does the menu take shape? So it's, a, it's, very, it's very difficult. Uh, my wife always tells me that uh, straight-up gastronomy is difficult. She says, you figured out how to make it impossible. So um, we have two kitchens. We have one upstairs and one downstairs. The upstairs kitchen changes every day. The downstairs kitchen is uh, staffed by an Italian Nona, and she creates that menu, and that's always available. The upstairs kitchen just keeps changing. Today it's Azerbaijan. One day, you know, Sunday it was Japan. Every day it just keeps changing. Then it becomes difficult also for the wait staff because the wait staff is running up and down, talking to the two kitchens, trying to time the food because it has to come to the table at the same time. So it's, it's challenging all the way around, but we have a really great staff, and I feel blessed behind it. Tell us about your Italian Nona, where she hails from, what her specialties are. So my Italian Nona on my mother's side, her name was Domenica. Uh, we used to call her Mima, and she uh, came from Messina and Shaka uh, in Sicily. And um, so she was very much on the southern end. She would put raisins and pignoli nuts in the, in the meatballs. It's a very Arabic uh, influence. Sicily was occupied uh, by the Arabs for over 100 years. So that's where you get those dried fruits mixed with the meat. And I, and I find it fascinating, the, the history of food and what you would consider to be authentic because, you know, for me, that's authentic Sicilian food. But what was Sicilian food like before it was occupied by the Arabs? So depending on where you are in the world and what year it is, that's what authentic is, you know. So what were family meals like for you growing up, the ones that you missed so much, enough to open a restaurant like this to fill that void? Well, I was kind of a fussy kid, so uh, I cannot say I really enjoyed all the wonderful things my grandmother made. My grandfather, uh, he used to have his, when they, my grandmother made lasagna, my grandfather would have ziti in a, like a light red sauce with some peas in there. But also very, very Sicilian. And so I would have the same thing with him. And everybody else was eating lasagna and all kinds of wonderful things, you know. I didn't really come to appreciate those things till later in life. What can you tell me about the Italian Nona in the kitchen here at your eatery? We have about seven or eight Italian women that cook at the Enoteca, and they are from different parts of Italy. Today we have Nona Adelina. She's from Naples, and she's pretty standard here. She uh, runs our kitchen downstairs most of the time, and 
she's from Naples, which is also the southern end of Italy. And I, mean, I grew up in, in a southern Italian kitchen, so I'm kind of partial to it. Um, my, my father's family was from Piacenza, which is in the north, and the food is like the other end of the world. How do you know the cooking is any good when you bring in a Nona to cook in your kitchen? Do they take a cooking test? We've been very fortunate over the years that my intuition, when I sit down and interview, I'll interview all the Nonas and I'll ask them about, you know, who taught them these recipes and, you know, what do they mean to them and, you know, what are their memories of it. And you can pretty much tell if somebody is really connected with that food and they're passionate about it. So you can kind of get a sense. You know, everybody's got their dishes that they do well. And you're looking for authentic dishes. You don't want just your typical chicken parmesan, right? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, the world has, is so, in, you know, it's so close now. It's so People are not really cooking seasonal because you can get any ingredient at any time. Uh, and that's all over the world. So about a year ago, a woman from... Egypt came in and she wanted to cook here. Her name is Mona. She's a very good cook. So she brought me some food she wanted me to try when she came in. And one of the uh, dishes that she brought in was a pasta dish. So, of course, I questioned her and I says, you know, Mona, I says, you're from Egypt, you know, you're bringing in a pasta. I mean, although the flavor was, you know, had nothing to do with Italian pasta, you know, I still questioned it. And she said, she says, well, you know, she says, you know, who were the first people to mix flour and water? And I said, I don't know. You know, you might be right. <laughs> what are among some of your favorite dishes that have passed through the kitchen with this revolving door of Nona's? Um, today's Nona, Morale, is really very talented. And she has a long, thin rolling pin, and she makes her own dough, and she makes these these uh, flatbreads, and then she stuffs them. And uh, one of these dishes is called kachapuri. And perhaps you'll try one. She'll make one for you. And it's fabulous. I mean, they, were, they all make something. You know, the Japanese known, of course. You know, she'll make an udon noodle dish that will blow your mind. But they're all making something different. And they're all, it's all wonderful. How many countries have you had represented in the kitchen? And I don't know, but uh, there's about 30 or 40 uh, different women that uh, cook here, so uh, it's several countries, but there's always, you know, there's like, uh, she's from Azerbaijan, I mean, uh, you know, there's a million little countries like that all over the place. You yeah, know? I was going to ask you, what's the most exotic? Uh, the most exotic, um, we have a Korean Nona that cooks here once in a while, and that's kind of exotic, I mean... It's really, it depends how limited your perspective is, you know. Where do the Nonas hail from? Are they largely from Staten Island here in the States? The Nonas all live in the metropolitan area, or most of them do. We have a woman from Valencia, Spain, who comes in every year or so to visit her daughter and family. And so when she's here, when she's in town, she'll cook for us. And, you know, there's a couple of uh, situations like that that happened, but uh, largely they live in the metropolitan area, and New York is great for, for what we're doing because it's so multicultural, and, uh, and I really love that about where I live. And these women are getting paid, of course, for being in the kitchen? Yes, they get, hi, how are you? They get, uh, they get paid very well because they only cook once a month or once every two months, so um, the incentive has to be there for them to come here and 
and spend the day. And they love it. They love uh, being useful. They love talking with the customers and finding out how, you know, having their food appreciated by somebody other than a family member. And uh, they like making their own money. And some of the ladies have had losses. They've lost their husbands. Uh, A lot of them are empty nesters, and and they don't really have anybody to cook for now. So coming here uh, really uh, occupies their time and their mind and lets them express themselves in a, in a, a way that's appreciated by many people. So they're finding purpose in the kitchen here. They definitely find purpose here, and they love to be here. I walk down to the ferry to help uh, Morale come up, and she says, you know, you don't have to have me here once a month. You can have me more, uh, more frequently. And I says, okay. <laughs> How does the upstairs and the downstairs kitchen get along Nona's are a very, uh, it's a hierarchy, okay, so they are the alphas, as it were, and, um, you know, they'll, they can be uh, polite with each other, but they, they, I mean, they all think they're the best, you know, I mean, my grandmother, I mean, everybody, they, you know, what I found out early on when we first started, uh, we would have a lot of Nona's in the kitchen together, and it's probably not a good idea, I don't recommend that. So, uh, because, you know, everybody is Clint Eastwood, you know, in that room. So it's... So there's truth behind the saying there could be too many cooks in the kitchen. Exactly. Too many, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen is, uh, is, uh, doesn't make for good soup or something like that. What do you think this model can teach us about living, about dining? Um, for me, it's uh, growing up in an Italian neighborhood when... That was my world. Everybody, the, everybody in the neighborhood was Italian. In all the stores that you went to, they were all Italian. All my friends were Italian. Uh, it's really uh, broadened my perspective and, and introduced me uh, to uh, many different cultures that, that I really didn't have a chance to, uh, to share any words with or any interaction. So for me, it's, it's, been, it's been wonderful. And... Uh, and the notice will come out of the kitchen, and they'll come out and they'll meet you. And any misconceptions that you may have about uh, that Nona that comes out, you know, she's some Arab Nona, she's all covered up, you know, uh, you may have some misconceptions about or prejudice about those people. And when you meet those people and you sit down and you're breaking bread and, and they're cooking for you and they're talking to you about their food, I think it brings down a lot of those barriers and it really helps to take you across those borders in a comfortable way. And I think that art does that. I think that music does that. Food, food will do that as well. Do you find when people dine here that being here sparks conversation at the table about their own nonas, their own family, their upbringing, how they ate at home? Oh, yeah, it's, it's always, it, it happens more often than not. Uh, and I'll walk through the restaurant because I want to make sure everything is happening the way it's supposed to. And everybody's talking about their mother or they're talking about their grandmother, you know, uh, especially if uh, a similar culture or that culture happens to be in the kitchen. For me, uh, when I first opened this place, some of the ladies looked like my grandmother. Some of the ladies sounded like my grandmother. So I think that that's uh, something that happens all the time. Are you always looking for new Nonas, welcoming new Nonas into the kitchen? Yeah, it's become, uh, it's become a mission. Uh, you know, 
somebody told me before I opened this place a long time ago, uh, I, I met this guy, Sal, and he had a, a pizzeria in Brooklyn. And um, I went to talk to him about opening a restaurant and try to get some hints because I was really, I had nothing, you know. So he told me, he says, the one thing I can tell you is that when you open your place and, you know, you have your concept that you're going to move forward with, it's going to, it's going to start to change. He says things, it's going to start to find its own way. He says you have to let it find its way and let it, you have to, you have to give it its head and let it, let it run and see where it's going to end up. And so that's been, that's been very helpful for me. That's something that you've learned. You're seeing that happen. It's playing out for you. It's played out all along the way, and I've, uh, really, I'm kind of a control freak. So it's very difficult for me to to see something start to go off track of whatever I might imagine that track is, and it starts to to move and to let it move and to accept it and to embrace it and to uh, see exactly what that direction is and and help it along is. Uh, it's been a, it's been quite a journey. And who is the Maria in the name of the restaurant? So uh, Maria is my mom, and uh, she passed away about 14 years ago. And uh, when she died, she left me a little bit of money, and that's the money that I used to invest in this place. She would have been horrified because she grew up during the Depression, and she would have absolutely never forgiven me had she lived to see me, what I did with her money. But I think maybe at this point she might be giggling a little bit to herself. <laughs> and what about your Nona? My grandmother was uh, an amazing woman. Um, she was a seamstress. Um, she worked in a factory. She was very entrepreneurial. She would take some of the work from the factory home and she would farm it out to her friends and she would get like a small percentage on that. And that was the, uh, my, my grandfather was a barber. So together they were able to buy a house. And what would your Nona think of this restaurant? She, well, my grandmother was the best cook, okay. And I mean, she could make something out of nothing. And I, that's really the magic of being a Nona, you know, because you take things that like the, uh, my grandmother used to make also the uh, sheep's head, the gabutzel. So this is a perfect example of you have to feed your family. You don't have any money. You only have a few pennies. The butcher is willing to sell you the head for three cents, and you have to take that head home and feed your family. And that's the part of it that I really love. I love that, uh, that ingenuity, and we serve that here in honor of her. It brings back a lot of memories for me. It brings back a lot of memories for uh, customers that come here. Uh, one day, there was... There was a young man, he was sitting in the corner by himself, and he was eating the sheep's head. And so I had to go over and ask him, because he was in his 30s, so he wasn't old enough to, to have seen that growing up, really. So I went over to him and I said, uh, I said you know, how's your gabuzel and everything, and you know, if you don't mind me asking, why did you order that? Because people order to do things for a lot of different reasons. So he turned to me and he said, he says, my father recently passed away, and he used to love this. So I really wanted to try to relate to him in every way. And I wanted to know how, how he felt about that. Our initiative, Nona's of the World, 
We are always looking for grandmothers uh, who would like to come in and would like to share their culture with everybody. And I think it's very important that everybody shares their culture and that it really helps us all to get along. Do the Nonas have assistants in the kitchen? I would imagine it's a lot for one Nona to cook for a restaurant. So basically, Nonas of the World creates a platform that non-professionals can come in and they can uh, share their culture on. That's what we do. So uh, the Nona of the day will have a, her own sous chef, and that was who you heard yelling in the background. That's Fida, and he works with all the Nonas, and he helps all the Nonas, and that's what we do. You also have cooking classes here, don't you? Ah, uh, yes. We offer a free one-on-one class. It's called Nona's in Training. Uh, there's a registration on our website, and you register, and uh, according to your language uh, skills and your availability, you're scheduled to come in with one of the Nona's to, to help her get ready for the day. So the way I stumbled across that was uh, I was sitting at the bar, and a woman came in and she said, it was a woman from Nigeria in the kitchen cooking. She says, I would really love to learn how to cook Nigerian. Is there any way that I can, you know, put on an apron, get in the kitchen with the Nona and work with her today and learn how to cook Nigerian cuisine? So I said, sure, no problem. So she got dressed, she went in the kitchen and she was in there and I was watching her in the kitchen. And for me, it, well, I was watching out, kind of like acting out that transfer of knowledge from one generation to the next, and basically that's how our culture moves forward. So for me, it's very important, and uh, I said this is something that we need to do, and uh, and I'm glad that I am able to offer this uh, this free one-on-one class. Jody, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, George. Thank you. Thank you very much. And now back to Nona Moral from Azerbaijan to hear more about her experiences cooking at Enoteca Maria. And what brings you into this kitchen on Staten Island? Um, I I love cooking. I love when people eat and thanks to me and like it. I just love to cook. This is the best what I can do. And my father was butcher. I grew up with, um, you know, in big house, a lot lot of children from my... uh, We are seven children, but from my relatives from uh, any places that they come to stay with us in summer time. And it's a good place. It's on the mountain. And we have a lot of sheep, cows. And uh, I know that price of any piece of meat, because my father was a butcher. Any like piece of meat, I know what I can cook. Even a start with a head, we can do different, different uh, delicious uh, food. So you'll make use of pretty much everything. Any, any, any piece of, uh, like, uh, if I can take, like, just that from digestive system something, I know what I can do. Like, we can do some, like, sausages. Uh, we can even fry. We can do even shish kebab. And I love the cook. What are you making here today? I'm going to do eggplant stuffed with uh, special herbs, stuffed eggplant. And I'm going to do dolma. And I'm going to do... Uh, Put up with meat and with the herbs. This is very, very healthy food because I'm gonna uh, prepare lavash. I have a special stick here. You see this stick? Looks like I'm a gonna, rolling pin, a very yeah, thin I'm rolling pin. Do, uh, lavash, and then I'm gonna stuff it inside with herbs or with meat. And 
that no meat and no herbs, it doesn't get like no fry. It's like steaming inside the lavash because I'm going to close. It's very healthy and delicious food. Is this a dish you would make for your family as well? All the time, for family, for friends. Uh, I grew up with this food. This is like very traditional food. Especially uh, I, I do here with only like spinach, cilantro. But in my country, we have special herbs what we can, uh, you know, grow, uh, we can, this is just, everything is uh, healthy and delicious food. Okay, and I'm gonna do hachapuri. Hachapuri mostly, this is the Georgian food. But last time I just tried for people and they like it. It is mozzarella cheese with egg and special dough. Uh, this, that's what I can cook today and ash. This is rice, basmati rice, and I'm gonna cook with uh, oil, that's it, and serve it with dolma. How did you learn about this opportunity to cook here? You know, I, I tell you, I, we are, um, have big family, and the place where I, I live, I grow up, this is the place where a lot of nationality, mostly Muslim people and um, Caucasian Jewish people, and then we uh, learn from them, they learn from us, uh, my mom was very good cooker, my sister. But we start to cook very early, like 10, 11. We start to help mother because family is big. And in Kafkazi, the people very hospitality. Like if you come to ask something from like owners, they're gonna invite you inside. It's like, you know, you can walk easy, you can eat. This place like very hospitality people. If you can go there, they, everybody can take you their day home. So you've been in the kitchen from a very early age. Very early, very early. We, we help mother because we have a, a big, um, big house, big garden, and uh, a lot of people who come in, like mostly uh, relatives, friends, and we always cook. I see my mom all my life next, next uh, oven, next, uh, in, inside the kitchen all the time, and it. It is very, very honest, if I tell you something, from little girls and up, we always help. We always help. We just close my eyes and I, I, I can cook for you just anything what my mom cook, what my sister older cook. There is, before, we have no restaurant that where people make like some funeral, uh, some uh, wedding, and then the people, do this all stuff in uh, inside the, the garden, and the people cook by self. The neighbors help. The, the, uh, if they have a daughter, daughter helps, aunt, like sisters. And it was a big company and a big table, and everybody do something. And that's how we grow up. So this is not unusual for you to be I cooking for so many people. Three higher education. Three higher education. Yeah, I, I was a midwife. I finished oral academy, like physical therapy, and I finished Hunter College in uh, America as biochemistry. It means that I am an educated person. This is just my hobby. I am an educated person. I, I, have educa I finished education here too. How did you learn about this place? How did you know to come here to cook? Um, honestly, my son Lowell, he find out I am a very good cooker, and then he, he said, you know what? You have to try there. There is a grandmother place, but I am a grandmother. Yeah, how many? I have two little granddaughters, eight and five, and 
third one gonna be soon a little bit god willing do they like to cook with grandma in the kitchen they watch sometimes how i cook but children is busy like mostly they in school and kindergarten have some places where they go music classes like taekwondo classes but when i they with me that they look how i cook they love it of course how frequently do you come here to cook? How frequently are you here? Um, this is four or five times I'm here. And this is very good, friendly place. And um, I work with so many waitresses. They change and very good. But Joe is the best. Paola, very good people. That's why I like to come here and cook. And also the man is very helpful. Frida, very helpful. He helps you in the kitchen. He helps me a lot, yeah. They cut for with me. They sometimes he'd make doll with me. <laughs> Where do you live in New York City? Oh, uh, I live in Brooklyn. Do you like to look out at the restaurant and see the reaction of the people who are eating your oh food? Oh my God! They invite me all the time. They hold me. They do picture. They kiss me. They, I want to give me some tip. I didn't take it. They, uh, last time the lady says she doesn't eat lamb, long time, like maybe six years. She didn't even try the lamb. She don't like it, but she say your lamb is melted in my in mouth. What do you put there? But uh, people invite me and say this is the, the delicious food they ever try. Some people say, how will you do this? And people um, come in and take picture. The people love it. People love it and they're very generous to me. Well, I'll let you get back to cooking. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Enoteca Maria is located in St. George, Staten Island. Visit enotecamaria.com to learn more, or perhaps to even sign up for a cooking class with Anona. And that's it for this week's Cityscape. I'm George Bodarki. My thanks to producer Maddie Bristow. And thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.